So I just want you to make observations, especially when you want to change something. What is the thing you want to change? And what is the thing that takes that thing too far? I think if you can unravel what that looks like for you, even if it's only true for a season, it's going to be really helpful. Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. We're seriously going to blink and it's going to be 2024. And I don't know about you, but this year has been both the slowest and the fastest year of my life. I felt like there were seasons that just drug on and other seasons I blinked and I woke up months later. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with everything that's happened this year, but man, it has been a whirlwind. Now, before I jump into the lessons I've learned in this year and specifically how I'm going to apply them into the future, I really wanted to give you an opportunity to reflect on your own journey. How did this year go? What has this year looked like? And if you haven't checked out the episode I recently did about the 13 critical questions you should be asking yourself, they're a great opportunity to start. But if you're wanting to dig deeper and you're wanting to really gather insights that fuel your future, I would love to see you join the Creative Template Shop. Specifically, in the co-op, our membership portion of the Creative Template Shop, you are going to get an opportunity to explore your business holistically. You know, everything from sales and marketing to your client experience and everything in between. Just next Tuesday, I am dropping some brand new tools for you guys to be utilizing inside the co-op that are going to help you assess how this year went and give you some opportunities for reflection before we go into next year. It's honestly one of my favorite tools and it's getting a huge refresh. We've released this previously and given you guys 
worksheets for you to take notes on what has worked, but this is going to be completely different than ever before and definitely a tool I'm utilizing internally inside my own business. So I'd love for you to get a copy of that. You can do that by becoming a member. You go to creativetemplateshop.com slash join, and we're going to share all of the details about what it's like to be a co-op member. But also when this drops next week, you're going to be the first to know. So go to creativetemplateshop.com slash join. I am excited for you to dive in. And if you have yet to follow me on Instagram, now is the time. If you're just new to the podcast, come say hello and introduce yourself. I've had a bunch of you recently reach out and it's been so fun. Whether you discovered me here or you found me on another platform, continuing the conversation over on Instagram is always so fun for me. It's really a great opportunity to get to know you a bit more personally and privately. So um, you can find my profile by going to Boss Project on Instagram. Make sure you're following the company there. My personal profile at Abigail Says is linked in the bio. Now today, I wanted to be talking about 23 things I learned in 2023, two of which I will never do again. And I'm not a person who says never very often. I'm kind of a never say never kind of person, but I'm pretty confident these two things I will absolutely never do again. So make sure you're tuning into the whole episode so you can hear what those are. The following lessons are things that come from my personal experience inside Boss Project, things I've observed with clients things I've gone through or challenges I've been through this year, exciting things I'm leaning into, and overall, just things that feel really valid in this season and ones that I know you can really take with and run with. I try to not just reflect on things that impact me, but things that will get you thinking about how you handle things like this in your business and what's your take on it, whether it's the same as my take or not. We're going to be talking about everything from team management to contracts to productivity (laughs) to sales and everything in between, even some personal asides that still apply to how you run your business. So let's dive in. The first one is specifically about team management and over performance. I've had the opportunity over the last few years to grow a team and really work with more full-time team members. And I've witnessed not only my own kind of inclinations, but also the ways my clients have showed up. And one of the things that not only has consistently happened for me, but also things I've witnessed with clients is that often when performance issues arise, people tend to wait longer than they should to take what's called disciplinary action. And in just the same way it works with children, it's not always about punishment. It's about really creating an environment for someone to grow and thrive in. And I'm not a parent, but from what I've witnessed, parenting is such a great opportunity to help people grow. And you do it all the time with your kids. And I wish we applied more of those principles in the workplace and saw discipline as an opportunity rather than something that is so negative. 
So if and when those issues come up, I would suggest that you not wait, that you immediately move into disciplinary action and put things like performance improvement plans in place far before you think you need to. It is way more likely that you will improve that relationship if it's something you're actively working on before it's to the point where it's too far gone. The second thing is specifically around contracts. As many of you know, this year we've seen leadership changes here at Boss Project, and Emily and I had in place what's called a buy-sell agreement, both of which we reflected on during our four-part series throughout the transition that we wish that document had been more helpful. And while it would have been incredibly helpful in the instance of death, disability, or divorce, it didn't have well-defined terms for if someone was ready to move on and the other one wasn't. And so if you were to enter a business partnership in the future, I would just have literally in a contract what it looks like if someone wants to leave and what are you willing and not willing to do and how will that happen and what's the timeline and not that these things can't change, but having that structure in place before you're in any sort of conversations around this, it's going to just give you a framework to fall on to. Number three, if I didn't run this business, I can't imagine working in any other way than I am now with other small businesses. Now, when we approach the leadership changes, I haven't really said out loud, but it's a natural kind of inclination that if Emily were to step away, I naturally was thinking about, will this business still exist if we're not together? And I had to consider what would closing Boss Project look like? And the thing that I kept coming back to is if this business were to go away, the thing I would create in its place would attempt to be some sort of clone or iteration or close second to what I was already doing. And I would rather morph the business I put so much time and attention into, into the business I want to run into the future, than start over. It just didn't make sense to me to leave behind everything I had done. And so I'm very excited about what the future holds for Boss Project. And I am so excited about continuing to work with small business owners from all over the world. Now, four is in a completely different area of business. And we've heard a lot of people talk about artificial intelligence this year. I didn't really think it was going to be such a prevalent conversation, but it is very clear that AI is going to be the biggest change that we've seen in our careers, and it's going to continue to impact work now and into the future. And I am a firm believer that embracing it is a critical part of what this looks like. And I know I still have a long way to go. While I've already saved massive amounts of time by including it in my regular routine and writing a bunch of prompts that I've shared with y'all inside our chat GPT prompt vault, which you can get as part of being a co-op member, I also know I have room to improve how I'm utilizing it. And I think there's so many other areas of the business that I haven't even touched with AI that I know it could benefit. 
And it's just getting more and more impressive every single day. And the amount of changes I've seen even in the last six months are illustrative of a decade of progress I've seen in other areas of technology change. And so I know I need to stay on top of it to stay not just relevant, but also be taking advantage of the incredible tools that are at my fingertips. Now, five applies to me, and it could apply to you, but I definitely think it's seasonal and not something that's going to last forever. But over the last six months or so, I have tried a variety of promotional offers, and the thing that has been very clear to me is people are responding more to short-term obligations than they are to longer-term obligations. And this isn't necessarily just financial. Like, I've seen people invest a lot of money still, but in a shorter time frame. They want to get in and get out, and they just can't imagine what their life looks like six months or a year from now. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we all woke up in 2023, and I don't know about you, but I felt like I didn't even really remember 2020 through 2022. Not that it didn't happen, not that it's not spotty, but like it's felt like a time work where I went from 2019 to 2023 and the person I was was simply not the same. And I think a lot of people are dealing with that dysphoria. And so because of that, people are seeing purchasing changing behavior. So even if the purchase change behavior for my industry is people wanting to commit to smaller time windows, I would look at in your industry, how are people's buyer psychology changing? I think we're in an active shift and it's something we should be paying attention to. This next one for me was something I think I wanted to believe to be true for a long time and then didn't think it was possible. And then had to get some real facts to believe. However, (laughs) number six is that I have really grasped that my business does not need to be sellable for me to save enough money to retire early. I do not need to have a large lump sum of cash come in for my shares of the business for this to work forever for my life to work financially, for me to be able to retire. And I think part of it was, you know, looking at what you need to retire in this country. They talk a lot about needing more than a million dollars saved and if not multi-millions by the time you're at retirement age. And I think for a long time, I was like, how do you get there? How do you save enough to get there. And so much of it comes down to compound interest and having the right people on your team to help you make the right financial decisions for your life and your circumstances and your investment tolerances and risk averseness and all of those things. You need a team of people there to support you. And I am just so grateful that I learned this now rather than waiting another 10 years. If I sell the business someday, amazing. And if I don't, I know I'm financially still going to be just fine. In fact, like I am on track to retire in the next 10 years if I want to. I don't have to, but I will financially be in a place that I could live on the money I've saved for the rest of my life. And that is 
so incredibly amazing and also terrifying. (laughs) But I think sometimes our perception of what's required of us is simply a perception and not necessarily the truth. And so I encourage you, regardless of what you're looking at, if it has to do with any area of your business, what's your perceived reality versus your real reality? And what's actually true and what do you just feel? And I think being able to differentiate between those two things is really going to allow you to move into the future confidently. I just had a conversation this morning with my team specifically about something that came up very recently. And I have this huge like hesitation on my heart about an opportunity. And it is still an opportunity. It is still a beautiful thing. It is still an amazing thing I could pursue. And I have in the past ignored my intuition that something was wrong for me and moved forward anyway and regretted it every step of the way. And so my team just really reiterated back to me, if you are unsure, do not do it. And you know, I think it would take a lot to change my mind at this point, even though I say that with some sadness because it is something I really wanted and is something I really wanted to move forward with. Number eight, I feel like is not just a trend, but is something that we should come back to on a fairly regular basis. Not necessarily all the time, but every few years is something I think we should assess And we need to look at our offers. We need to look at what we're selling and what we're putting out there. And going through some sort of audit process is important and normal and shows your responsibility to your clients and your team's well-being and all of those things. And in the process of reviewing what we've done, I recently did an episode talking about my simplified approach. And I really want to give people less choices. Not that I don't have more to offer, but I want it to be easier for people to say yes and then point them to the right resources they need behind the scenes once they're inside. And so I'm excited about putting the majority of my outward marketing focus into the co-op and continuing to grow that community and membership and putting my time and attention there. And the other things that are happening are a little more behind the scenes, a little more private, and that doesn't make them any less effective or any less important. But this simplicity, I think, is going to really allow for my marketing to create a lot more consistency, but also just make it easier for people to know and understand how to move forward with my team. And so if you want to work with us, the co-op is the answer. While we offer a lot of individual things that you can get access to, you know, you're welcome to kind of try it before you buy it by grabbing one of those things, one of those templates, one of those courses. But if you want access to everything, the co-op is the place to be. Number nine, I recently said this to a client and I thought it was so important. So I wanted to bring it up with you guys. This is something I've observed in my business multiple times, but absolutely observed in other people's businesses 
And I think it's really critical. There's so many of you that want to, over time, add either additional business models to your business structure or switch business models. And changing your offer within the same business model is going to have far less impact to your bottom line than moving from one business model to the other. So what do I mean by that? If you were offering services and you either added an additional service or you changed the service, your business is much more likely to grow in a stair step where it'll go up and kind of level off over time and then go up again and level off over time. If you change business models and change your focus on which business model you're putting your time and attention to, the overall business is likely to decline in income at least for a period of time. Your focus is shifting. You don't necessarily have all the pieces in place. And you need to be prepared financially for it to shrink before it grows. And slowing down to speed up is a beautiful thing. But I think people always think about that in terms of time. But you also need to be considering it in terms of financials. Because it's a risk that I think some people shouldn't be taking. At least not right now or not in this season. And it doesn't mean you can't take it in the future or try and test something, but I wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket to move from one to the other without some very intentional steps. Now, number 10 is not just true for me. It's true for every single one of you. And I think it's really easy the longer you're in business to make this harder and harder rather than easier and easier. And often we do not make it very straightforward about how people move forward with your business. Don't bury the lead is the lesson here, okay? What is the very next step you want someone to take? Is it filling out a lead capture form? Is it opting in for something? Is it booking a call with you? Is it joining one of your low-hanging fruit offers, whether it's a course or a digital product or a membership. Like, what is the path? What is the ascension model? How are people moving through your business? What is the sales process? And I think so often it's like, well, they have to opt in and then they have to get to the fifth email. And then if they click this, then they show interest and I send this other thing and this is triggered. And like, you're making it too complicated. What would it look like if you let someone pay you? If you let them in your door? (laughs) Like, how can you make it easier for someone to not just say yes, but to move forward? Like, how often are you holding someone back from paying, like, doing the next thing? And I think a lot of this is movement away from, you know, open and close offers into things that are more available all the time. And maybe it's not everything's available all the time, but I would definitely have something available all the time. You don't want everything to be open and closed or you're limiting your own financial potential. You're saying, no, I don't want money right now, but maybe later. And I just think that's kind of bad for business. So I'm not saying you have to have this all figured out right now, But you need to give people opportunities to continue down your sales path. And what does that look like and how can you make it easier? Number 11. It's so interesting to me because I am a structured person 
and I appreciate routine so much. And right now I'm in a period of craving less structure, but I have learned very quickly that no structure doesn't work for me either. So I just want you to make observations, especially when you want to change something. What is the thing you want to change and what is the thing that takes that thing too far? I think if you can unravel what that looks like for you, even if it's only true for a season, it's going to be really helpful. (laughs) So me knowing I want less structure means there's naturally less things on my calendar. I'm booking less calls with people. I'm taking less meetings. But no structure, you know, having a day on my calendar that has absolutely nothing on it often leaves me more depressed and confused than it does the creative space that I was thinking it might give me. So I need to know (laughs) what I'm working on or working towards. And that can still shift and change because that's the less structure part. But the no structure is a surefire way to get me staying with my PJs and feeling very unuseful (laughs) and unproductive. So what's true for you? Number 12, be a whole human. (laughs) I know this sounds really obvious, but people crave deeper connection. And so often I see people really showing up as just one version of themselves, like just the business version. And you're not letting people into other areas of your life. And I am so for having natural boundaries here. I'm not suggesting you need to be like putting your kids on the internet or talking about motherhood or talking about religion or politics. Like I'm not suggesting you have to let everything out. I'm just saying be the interesting pieces of yourself that make you you. Like, what makes you creative? What makes you excitable? What has you laughing today? What is making you, like, reserved? You know, talking about things. Even if you say something is challenging without getting into the specifics, you can allow someone into your world that just makes you feel more human and people want to buy from humans. They do. They're interacting enough with machines and technology and The more human you appear, the more people will naturally like and be attracted to you. And in seasons that I have found challenging, I naturally retreat. And so it has been helpful to me to still allow myself to retract some, but don't close off so much of yourself that you're limiting other people's ability to not just support you, but to also earn some trust, and potentially even become a client. Number 13, I tell to my clients all the time, and it has been so good for me to personally lean into, and that is do more of what has worked before. I'm not saying you need to do it in the same way. I'm not saying you need to show up in the same way, the same structure, the same whatever, but what has worked for your business? What has worked for your life? How could you add that thing back in? How have you put down something that was super successful in the past? And how could you revive it or bring it back? And I know for me, 
strategic partnerships, not in a business partner sense, but in, in like a B2B sense has been such a huge part of Boss Project's history and something I believe will absolutely make a difference now and into the future on Boss Project's future. And I'm just excited about them coming back blazing in 2024. And I have a lot of really exciting things happening behind the scenes. And I wish I could tell you I'm just not quite there yet. And so let me get some contracts signed and then I will absolutely share more about what I've been up to. But the lesson here for you is what is the thing that you kind of let go that if you brought back would give you some renewed energy or some renewed success or some renewed opportunities? Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. 
Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. 14 and 15 kind of go hand in hand, but something I have definitely observed this year with clients who have felt the pressure of the economy shifts. And some of my clients are running smaller businesses today than they were this time last year. And that can feel really disorienting. Business is not a linear upward movement. And I will be very clear that at Boss Project, there has been years that we've been bigger and then lost some momentum or things changed and we go backwards and then we go forwards. And like, it is not realistic for a business to grow every single year if you're running it solo and with a small team. I think if you get into bigger businesses where you have more backup and you have more opportunities to spread out the responsibility, you can continue to see ongoing growth all the time. I don't necessarily think that's true if you're running a team with less than 10 people. Like, I just think there are going to be years that are smaller than the last. And I wish more people would own up to that being the truth. I think a lot of people give you the perception that they're always growing. And I will tell you, I know a lot more about the behind the scenes of some of these other businesses and many of them are significantly down. But the lesson here specifically is when you do have the cash flow, I would absolutely be saving more. And I think so many people, especially when they're running small businesses, especially when they're a solo owner, they take the majority of their profit, if not all of the profit out of the business. And it can create a really dangerous operation cycle where when you see dips that you start to think, well, I might have to close or I can't do this anymore or I can't make this decision or I can't whatever. And it becomes this real feast or famine situation that causes a ton of fluctuation in how you show up as a leader. And when you have more savings, you can create so much more strength internally within a team. And having three months of operating expenses where you're including team pay and your own pay that's going to give you so much peace of mind that in a month that's a down month, you're going to keep things going and you don't have to be worrying about laying someone off or not paying yourself or whatever because you will have the backup. And then when months are higher, you refill that tank. Similarly, I think a lot of people are not sure what to budget to keep their income more consistent. And I really would suggest that more people cap the percentage that they distribute to themselves until that emergency fund is fully funded. I think it's a good business practice. I think it's a healthy business practice. And so if you want to learn more specifically about those two points and what it might look for you and your business, I did talk a lot about how you can budget when 
your income is inconsistent or you're dealing with kind of this economy shift. That was in episode 768 just a few months back. So definitely check that out. I think that will be really helpful for you. Number 16, if it's on my calendar, it will happen if someone else will be there. (laughs) If it's just me, it still might change. It has been so frustrating to know this about myself, but I am the kind of person that always keeps her promises to everyone else, you know, often (laughs) to my own detriment or my own expense, but I'm not as good about keeping promises to myself for a whole host of reasons. And I wish I was better about it, but I do know if my team needs me or a client needs me or I need to accomplish something, if it's on my calendar, it will happen. Things that are on a list or to-dos or whatever, meh, maybe. I mean, yes, we'll continue to move forward, but I'm a little more inconsistent there. I know if I schedule it, it's going to be moving in the right direction. So 17 surprised me. I have been in a specific area of the business that had a lot more to do with the financial side and operational side of the business for the last several years. And most of that role, I could do any day of the week, regardless of my mood or motivation. Now, with some of the additional responsibilities I have taken on, some of them require certain types of creativity or being in the right headspace to not just get it done, but make it effective. And I have really battled with this because I wanted to be able to be like, I'm going to write every Thursday or I'm going to do this on XYZ day of the week. (sighs) And I can't always do that. And I don't like that about myself. I'm learning to accept it and figure out ways to make that a little more predictable. But since it is so new, I'm still learning what it looks like to show up in that way. Number 18. So this is really exciting, but also feels weird to say out loud. And I think you all know how much I believe in organic marketing. Organic marketing can be highly effective, and it is highly effective when done right. You have such a huge opportunity for growth. Often, we're not taking advantage of the environment we have already created, And I've put so many of those lessons inside my organic marketing training, which you can find for free at bossproject.com slash organic. And I really just want to reiterate that sometimes paid approaches are simply going to magnify the efforts you're already doing. And I haven't had paid ads running for almost maybe even over 18 months at this point. And I've been hesitant to turn them back on because there's still rising costs of acquisition, but I'm in the mood for some experimentation. And I think a lot of the reason I've waited is I had planned to rehire a team to handle it. And that can be pretty expensive. It's usually a flat fee plus a percentage or a straight percentage of your ad spend, which can get 
pricey. And I'm not saying it's not worth it because you obviously don't want to be paying for it if you're not getting a return on it. But in terms of cash flow, it can be a lot initially to kind of get the momentum going. You need to be willing to kind of wait 30, 60, 90 days before you really know how effective something is going to be. And I've just been hesitant to go down that road. But because I'm excited about it, I know I need to lean into it. And so I haven't run my own ads since 2018, which sounds like forever ago. (laughs) But I look forward to self-managing and experimenting and doing smaller tests with lower ad spend you know, now and into the short term future. I don't necessarily know what that means for the next six months or a year, but I'm really excited about starting. Now, number 19, karma pays off. Okay, so whether you believe in karma or not is kind of not the point. You know, the song karma has definitely been on my mind a lot. But specifically, I've had a couple of instances this year where I just did something because it felt right and it felt good and I knew it could potentially benefit someone else, someone else's business, someone else as a person. And it'd be really easy at this stage of the game to be like, I'm just not going to do that because I should be paid for that attention or be paid for that opportunity. And while I definitely am paid by advertisers and partnerships on this show and across the business, I have seen time and time again this year that just openly giving will pay off in unexpected ways. And, you know, one instance was I talked about a business I was just genuinely impressed with and shared openly and honestly about it on the show. They hadn't paid me to mention it, any of those things. And within 30 days, one of their VPs reached out to me. And like, I didn't have to say anything and they didn't have to reach out. And it just just felt so seamless and effortless. And it really was only like five minutes of airtime, but they noticed. And this isn't like the first time this has happened. This has happened multiple times in this business. I've mentioned SaaS companies, bigger or smaller companies, whatever, and they come back around and they're so grateful. And so I will continue to do it. I will continue to lift up businesses that I think are making a real difference. And I'm excited that that kind of reciprocity exists. Number 20 is pretty personal. I think... I thought the the issues or grief that accompanied that of being an empty nester was exclusive to those who had kids that were leaving and like moving into adulthood. But man, am I wrong? <laughs> you know, whether you want to call it empty nester syndrome or, you know, grief or loss or whatever. This is not an experience that's exclusive to parents and anyone who, whether there's been an actual loss as in death or 
just a change to how your home environment looks or functions, like it can really rattle a home for far longer than you expect it to. And we lost D in June and she was on hospice more than six months prior to that. And so I've been dealing with some sort of grief or loss for more than a year now. And she's been physically removed from our space since last March. And it's still hard. Like every day it's hard. (laughs) And it's not less sad. I think I'm better able to show up, but it's really changed me as a person. And so I just want to like shout out anyone who's experienced grief or loss in a positive or a negative light with family or adoption or fostering or, you know, anything that comes in and out of your home. Like there's just so many instances I can't possibly capture all of them, but a shift in your home, especially when you work from home, it's not something that just instantly gets better. And like, we need to give everyone more grace and more understanding and like people need more support than you realize. I don't know. It made me think back to when I was a toddler My parents had my aunt move in, and she was in college when I was young, and she lived with us for multiple years. And I can only imagine now as an adult how much it impacted my parents when she moved out, even though that was a very positive thing. Like, she lived with us while I think she must have been in grad school. So she lived with us for, what, two, three, four years? I'm not really sure. I I was so young. It just all felt awesome to have your aunt (laughs) live with you. But I now realize just how much beauty and also pain that was likely associated with that. And so, man, I'm feeling for you guys. That's for sure. I've talked a lot on this show about being more self-aware and noticing what you need in any given season. And number 21 for me in terms of things I've learned is I have to be mindful of what I'm craving. And I encourage you to be mindful of what you're craving. What do you need? What do you want? What are you interested in? And I think craving is an interesting way to look at it because I think in some ways it can simultaneously describe a need and a want that's uniquely intertwined. (laughs) Because I don't know if you've ever met a pregnant woman who has a craving that if they don't get it, there's going to be problems. But I've definitely met a few. And to me, being mindful of what those cravings are in my business has been really important for me this year. And right now in this season, what I'm craving is connectivity. And so because that's what I want, it has put more emphasis inside my business with a focus on community, which is why I'm spending so much time and attention on growing the co-op. It has also reiterated to me the importance of relationships. So I'm pouring more now than ever into my marriage and my friendships and 
my business relationships and partnership relationships in the business world and really paying attention to that and noticing that while all of those things can be very beautiful in this kind of organic online space that has fluidity to it, I also like need to be around physical humans. (laughs) And so traveling more is a part of my plan in 2024. It's already started this year. I'll have had two friend trips in Q4 alone. And going into next year, it is going to be a combination of both seeing people I love and care about and meeting y'all in person in real life at a conference or spending time with clients and really doing so in a tangible way. So excited about leaning into what I'm craving. So there's only two things I won't do again. (laughs) Only two out of the things I've learned. And I mentioned at the top of this episode that there's not a lot I would never do. But these are two that I would never do for such specific reasons that I am fairly confident (laughs) that I am very unlikely to break these promises to myself. And so the first one has a lot to do with how I would operate my business during a challenging time personally. And this is pretty specific, but the learning for me was I won't take on new one-on-one clients while a family member is on hospice ever again. Like, I love serving clients and I can do so in a one-to-many capacity and have a lot of movement as to how I show up. But when I am committed to someone one-on-one, I want to be there. And there were so many moments this year where I felt like I wasn't there in the way that I wanted to be or I wasn't involved in the way that I wanted to be. And I felt like I was simultaneously letting my family down, myself down, and my clients down, and my team down, and that fucking sucked. Like, And I do not want to do that again. And so I am focused on building my business differently and delivering differently. And like, that's not to say I won't take on -on one-on-one clients, but you best be mindful that if anyone were to get any sort of crazy diagnosis in my family, and I wouldn't say this is exclusive to hospice, like if my mom or sister got cancer or, you know, the list has adjacents, but I won't take one-on-one work during that time ever again, because I so prioritize wanting to be there for my family. And I did that and would feel guilt and shame and frustration around all the other things I had to do and accomplish. And that added so much unnecessary stress. And while I know I delivered for my clients, I know some of them could feel it and they didn't necessarily know why. And like, that is not how I want to do business. So That's a major one for me. I would be thinking about for you, is there something you did or said yes to or operated from (laughs) that added a bunch of unnecessary stress? I'm not saying you don't sometimes add stress on purpose because that's definitely true. But where was it unnecessary? 
And I know this is true because I know I can operate from a one-to-many approach and be just fine. I do have to show up in my business differently to do that, but that was a lot. Now, I think this last one may not surprise you, but I want to be very clear as to why this is true, and I don't want you misreading into what I'm saying at all. So my last one, which feels like very emotional to say out loud, is I won't take on another business partner now or ever in this business or in any business. And it has nothing to do with the beautiful business I built with Emily or my relationship with her at all. Like, and we had such an amazing run and it was incredible and worth it. And, you know, I think we had such a unique dynamic to how we showed up. And I so value relationships that seeing what I've seen and knowing what I know, it is such a risk to a relationship of any kind that I never want that pressure on a relationship. I just don't. Like, it's a lot of expectations of how someone is going to show up in a business, but also like when it's over. And so like, I just, because I love so deeply and because I want relationships that are not at risk, like I just can't imagine doing that ever again. So much so that like, you know, when we were doing a lot of paperwork regarding the buy-sell, I was asked if I wanted to give any shares to my spouse. And I said, absolutely not. So my spouse doesn't have a single percentage of this company and he never will. And he knows that. And if he ever wanted to start a business, if it was his business, I would encourage him to own 100% of it. And he can bring in as many employees or support as he needs. And I wouldn't even want to own a percentage of it. And so do I think it can work? For sure. But do I think it is a major risk? Let me give you an example that I think just illustrates it. You know, I talked last week about Sam Altman being ousted from the company he co-founded and built, ChatGPT. Well, OpenAI, rather. ChatGPT is the product. He was ousted by a partner. He is one of the most powerful CEOs in this country in a very, very short amount of time. And relationship dynamics are complicated. And, like, I obviously have no idea what happened. But, like, you've seen similar storylines with Steve Jobs and his various relationships over time and how some of those relationships are still amazing and some of those people are like never going to talk to him again. Well, obviously he's dead, but you know what I'm saying? So like, this isn't me. This isn't just about me and the things I've witnessed, but the things I've also seen happen in the business world. And I just don't think it's worth it. Like I have no interest in having either business partners or shareholders. Like, it just completely changed the dynamics of how a business operates. And 
maybe I'll feel different about shareholders if it were a very, very large company purchasing a percentage, but unlikely. I just don't think it'll happen. And so much so like in the last few months, I've already been approached for a merger and I value that they asked and I'm honored that they asked and I'm way more likely to acquire another company or sell my company in its entirety than I am to add any other partner into the mix. So don't read into that and think there's anything weird or wrong or whatever. I simply don't want to ever again. So I don't know. That's a weird place to leave this. (laughs) Overall, I've learned so much this year. I have been challenged in a lot of new ways. This has definitely been a huge growth year for me personally. And I am so excited about the future of Boss Project and everything that's unfolding, both from a focus on the co-op to partnerships from a strategic partnership point of view to all the exciting things we haven't yet built and put out into the world. Like I am excited about what the future holds. And I know how important reflection is on giving you perspective towards your future. And so I want to invite you to have an environment that allows you to be considering what has happened, what will happen, where are you going, what are your goals like, how are you going to get there, what are the strategies you need in place, what are the tools that you need. And creating an environment that's there to support you inside your business. And I believe the co-op can do that for you. You can go to creativetemplateshop.com slash join and become a part of a community of people that believe in your future and want to support you. Even in your own set of nuances, you all are going to develop your own guidebook for how you want to show up, what your own value systems are in your business. And that's the beautiful thing about business is we get to decide and we get to change our mind and we get to pursue new things and we get to challenge ourselves. Like business is one of the most challenging and rewarding parts of my life. And I am excited to continue to work alongside business owners who want to be mindful that they're a whole person and they want to build businesses that are in alignment with those values and continue to reflect how they want to show up in the world, even when that changes over time. I think my approach to business is a little bit different than the norm and I'm okay with that. And I am welcoming people that want to do business their way. creativetemplateshop.com slash join. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. 
Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.